It's Quincy Jones Go. This is the Quincy Jones Show, and this is Minisode number seven. That's right. It's going to be a Minisode this week. Lots of wrestling to get to. Quite a bit of news as well. Got to make this one an actual short uh, Minisode episode today just because got a lot of things I'm doing uh, and handling this weekend in order to get ready for my trip out to Washington, D.C. at the Capital One Arena. Again, I will be in attendance for AEW's very first televised uh, episode um, you know, again, emanating live from Washington, D.C. Uh, I just, you know, on a whim, after I got the tickets for the the all-out event, I was like, you know what, F it. Let me see if I can get tickets for this. And I actually was uh, fortunately lucky to get one. Um, and then now I'm actually going to be a quote-unquote part of history, as everyone likes to say. Um, it's been really cool, to be honest. i uh, been kind of been down since the floor level of, of AEW before it was AEW. You know, went to All In last year. Uh, then ended up going to, uh, to uh, Double or Nothing with the boys. Uh, you know, didn't, you know, end up doing any of the Fighter Fest or the uh, Fight for the Fallen, but ended up going to uh, All Out, uh, you know, obviously this past uh, month back in Chicago. And now here I am again, uh, going to be going to the first televised taping. And yes, I also did get uh, tickets for full gear. Don't know if I'm still going to go. Um, I saw the uh, the ticket uh, announcement as well as uh, the match uh, announcement, which is, you know, the match that we all pretty much bought tickets for All Out for. Now it's John Moxley versus uh, Kenny Omega. But I digress, man. Let me get into this uh, this mini-sode. Again, number 70, coming to you live uh, from the uh, the Kayfabe Castle here. I just made that up. I, I don't know why I said that. But maybe I'll start using it. Who knows? <laughs> uh, Kayfabe Quincy Jones here, your host extraordinaire. Now let's get into the news, man. Um, this it's no secret right now, dude, because obviously there's a lot booming with the wrestling. Uh, just just it's a boom period for wrestling right now. Obviously, there's uh, AW, WWE, NXT, which is part of WWE brand. You know, just so many shows on, so much wrestling on a, a weekly basis nowadays. Obviously, a majority of it coming from the WWE network or just WWE programming in itself, but. Again, if you've been under a rock, I don't know, that's probably the only, you know, or probably being sat on by Rikishi or something. I don't know how you haven't heard about these quote-unquote Wednesday night wars heating up, but it seems like WWE is going the extra length to try to just, I mean, it's, it's just kind of crazy. Again, the timing of everything right now, October, uh, just there's a lot of, of uh, companies making moves, man. Um, first and foremost... Uh, the reason I even bring this up is, uh, again, it seems like WWE is going through uh, a few more drastic changes to gear up for this war, so to speak, or at least to make themselves stand out or, you know, just to have a, I mean, they've already uh, have, you know, uh, different logos now going for Raw and SmackDown. Um, now they're dubbing next week's Raw as the Raw premiere, which is kind of weird that there's a premiere for a show that you always dubbed the longest episodic running television show. There's never been like an off season. You guys have been going and going and going. So how this is a, a season premiere, I don't know how you guys break that down. 
I, I, it's just kind of a weird thing that you guys. I mean, to me, it's more like it's made up, right? It's kind of like the the raw reunion. Like, like they had the raw reunion, but it wasn't like a specific date. Uh, the date wasn't special uh, of when they planned to do it. It wasn't like an anniversary or anything. It wasn't like the twenty fifth year of Raw or whatever it was, or the thirtieth. It, it it was just a random date, and they did it, and they were doing it just try to get you know more viewership, more better ratings, and all that. Um, this is obviously pointed towards that same goal but uh, again this is a, seems to be a little bit more long term so let me get into it I'm, I'm blabbering man but again different sets uh different logos for both shows that being monday night raw and smackdown live and especially with uh smackdown live gonna be moving to uh the fox network officially next friday as our first episode on the fox network um but yeah the change that i'm speaking of is the change in the commentary teams i spoke about this i believe two episodes ago where uh, news hit that Michael Cole will actually not be on Monday Night Raw anymore. Now I got a lot more information uh, surrounding the context of that. I'm thinking that they were just going to send him down to, to SmackDown and replace him with Vic Joseph or wh whoever it was going to be because we also got news that Vic Joseph was also going to be uh, promoted to one of the more, uh, well, I mean, I guess, quote-unquote, main roster shows because he's been calling 205 Live and main event, which is strictly on the WWE Network. Now he's going to be on live TV, so... You know, nice little promotion for Vic Joseph. But again, the context behind this is this is the actual teams that are being carved out now. Uh, apparently, Michael Cole isn't the only one leaving from Monday Night Raw to SmackDown. It is uh, actually the entire Raw commentary team that's getting moved from uh, Mondays to now Fridays, uh, which, you know, SmackDown will be now be on Fridays. So this Friday Night SmackDown officially, as I got to get back to uh, saying again. But uh, yeah, it'll be Michael Cole, Renee Young. And Corey Graves now official on SmackDown Live, and on Monday we can confirm that it will be uh, WWE Hall of Famer Jerry King Lawler, uh, Vic Joseph, who I just talked about, and a brand new uh, announcer to the scene. Uh, you, I mean, we just saw him at Class of Champions for the pre-show, but I've seen him before. He's going by a different name now. He was under the NXT brand as uh, Brendan Williams, or AKA the Sultan of Sit. Uh, for those that may have been watching some of the NXT live shows, you definitely saw him regularly wrestling as a Sultan of Sid. He, you know, had like kind of like that Lenny Kravitz uh, feel to him. Uh, great music, though. Great rock star music came out. Just jeans, and he would sit. That was his thing, and the crowd <laughs> went crazy. There was actually one time a uh, Holy Sit uh, chant that actually erupted while he was uh performing because one of the first matches i saw him uh in was him versus velveteen dream which was uh, actually pretty crazy but uh now he is uh also the former black otaku but now he is no longer brennan williams he is now a wwe announcer and newest announce uh announcer to the announced team on raw uh his name now is dio madden um i don't know if this is like a a, a you know like a kind of like a, a a nudge towards like deon sanders uh, and John Madden or something. I mean, it seems more like a uh, a football player's name or a football player or a football uh, sports caster's name kind of thing. But um, yeah. So we had brand new commentators for Raw and SmackDown. Um, and then there's also more uh more changes in the WWE product. Uh, one of the things that somebody online was telling me, or you know, I was I was reading one of the the conversations going on, and I, I like to uh, read what people are talking about. I like to you know get into the discussion, add my two cents, and then also uh, I always love to see what discussions people are getting into. Uh, you know, as a result of one of my posts or videos or whatever it is. But uh, one of the discussions being had was the fact that you know this is back 
again, you know, we talked about this being another boom period for wrestling. But I remember growing up in high school, wrestling was on almost every day. You know what I mean? It was like Monday Night Raw on Mondays, of course. Um, I don't think anything was on on Tuesdays, but you had like WCW Thunder on Wednesdays. You had SmackDown on Thursdays. You had ECW on TNN on Fridays. Uh, sometimes you got like uh, what Jacked or like, uh, you know, Sunday Night Heat on Sundays as well. You had Jacked on Saturday. So it was like almost every day was wrestling. And that's what it seems like now. Right. You know, you have. Uh, you know, NXT now, you know, they officially moved to USA, but they've always been on Wednesdays. AEW is going to be starting on Wednesdays next week as well. And then, uh, you know, we have uh, Monday Night Raw, always going to be on Monday Night Raw. Uh, SmackDown has moved to Fridays now, which left uh, Tuesdays and uh, Thursdays open. But now we could say that uh, Thursdays will be um, reserved for NXT UK. Uh, NXT UK will now be moved to uh, Thursdays. It'll still be uh, featured on the WWE Network. Um, I, I was kind of, uh, you know, trying to figure out what they were doing with the institution of some of these uh, UK talents coming over to uh, WWE uh, NXT, being on the show, Rhea Ripley, Imperium, uh, uh, Pete Dunne. Again, you know, he, he's recently had a match, uh, actually last week on the premiere of uh, NXT on uh, USA. So I was thinking maybe this was used to try to get more viewership or cross viewership between both products and then now you know we got news that uh nxt uk which was always uh on after nxt on wednesday's nights will now be on thursday nights which i mean probably a better slot for them they don't have to worry about competing with AEW, which is going to be on live tv uh no word on how long AEW show is going to be on tv if it's going to be one hour two hour three hours haven't heard any specifics about that i'll find out while i'm there um but in the same vein of uh, moving days and or I should say premiering on new days. Again, you know, I just told you Monday Night Raw on Monday. Then we had uh, NXT and AEW on Wednesdays. We have now NXT UK on Thursdays and we have SmackDown on Fridays. What about Tuesday? Well, we got our answer. It is official. Uh, Impact Wrestling has made a statement that they will be moving uh, or making their move to Access TV uh, for their, you know, ongoing episodic show. Uh, on Tuesday. So now we can finally say Monday through Friday there is wrestling on every day, which is pretty incredible as a wrestling fan. I know everyone's going to have their, their preferences. Uh, everyone's going to have, you know, their, their specific likes and, and, you know, what they don't like. Um, but the most important thing is there's something on for everybody. You know what I mean? You don't have to be forced to watch one over the other, or you don't have to, you know, be forced to pick one over the other. If you want to watch both, you want to watch all three, you want to watch, you know what I mean, WWE, AEW, uh, and Impact, and then do you, you know what I mean? Uh, don't let anybody tell you what you can and can't watch. Don't make someone make you pick a side. I mean, this, again, as a wrestling fan, it's exciting. And then also, as someone now that's, you know, I guess within the wrestling media side of things, it's doubly exciting because I got a lot more that I can uh, uh, report on on a weekly basis. I mean, there's times where I'm drawn at straws just trying to get, a, you know, figure out any rumors, any news, anything that's not, you know, a formal just review in WWE. Um, but, yeah, man, definitely, again, excited to hear that Impact has the home on Tuesdays now, NXT UK moving to uh, Thursdays. And, it's uh, you know, speaking of someone that is happy to have a home now, Johnny Impact slash Mundo slash John Hennigan slash Nitro, whatever you know him as or like to call him, he is now back officially with the WWE, and that can be confirmed by PW Insider. 
Um, of course, they didn't mention any of his time in between, uh, you know, what he was doing between 2011 and now. They just said that he was an active wrestler with WWE up until November 2011. Uh, cited reasons for needing to leave, needing more control over his character and, and a, a less busy schedule. Um, but, you know, had no mention of anything he's done since then, of course. Uh, WWE likes to pretend that uh, people just disappear and... I guess in this case, the shaman is sexy was uh, on an island somewhere, just, uh, you know what I mean, just shamaning up uh, for like the last eight years or whatnot. But um, definitely uh, a surprise move. I mean, I'm wondering, um, this obviously, I would think, does not include uh, Taya Valkyrie. Um, and I could be wrong in this. I, I could definitely be 100% wrong in this, but I believe she's still signed with the Impact, and I believe she's still the, the Impact champion. So I would think that, you know, this is going to be a little bit different. Maybe uh, he got the schedule he's looking for. Who knows? I mean, um, definitely uh, a power play, a power move, I should say, uh, as far as, again, these uh, Wednesday wrestling wars heating up. So, I mean, definitely want to be able to get a guy like John Hennigan on your uh, weekly show. Um, he shows out. He's he's great. You know what I mean? He's uh, I mean, I dare say that he's shown more of what his character is able to do personality wise now that he, you know, when he wasn't in WWE. We know he can do the flips. We know he's done the stunt, uh, the stunt work, and all this stuff. You know what I mean? So, for him to you know leave, grow, and come back, and be able to come back, not a lot of guys get afforded that uh, that opportunity. I know Drew McIntyre was one of the guys that was able to do that. Christian as well. Um, but yeah, man, definitely happy for uh, you know uh, Johnny Impact, or I guess Johnny Morrison. Is it back to John Morrison? I'm guessing. But um, more news here as we're about to break down uh, the uh, wrestling for this week. But um, this, I mean, I don't want to say this is small detail because obviously this sucks for anyone. At the, I mean, anyone can get into, you know, this type of situation. But uh, it appears that Tucker Knight, one half of the, the tag team heavy machinery from uh, the SmackDown brand, actually had his car broken into and his gear stolen after the show on Tuesday night, unfortunately. Um, he's already made a few uh, tweets and a little posts that uh, have basically instructed fans to basically notify him if any of his gear ends up on like eBay or someone trying to sell it or anything like that. Definitely unfortunate to a guy that, I mean, he, he looks like, you know, he lives that gimme, that blue collar, uh, you know what I mean? Family guy. Uh, you can tell him and, uh, him and, uh, does have a lot of love for each other. So definitely, I feel like, you know, I don't know the guy personally, but you know, I know the personality he puts out there and it looks like, you know, he's a pretty nice guy, pretty respectful. So I feel like this couldn't happen to a, a, a worser guy, you know what I mean? So, um, but, uh, you know, on the same vein of Tuesdays and SmackDown, um, I think by now, cause I know we posted it, I think on Saturday, uh, yeah, it was Saturday after we released the episode, there is a viral skirmish of 15 seconds going out that was posted by Goldberg. Uh, apparently Goldberg was visiting a friend in Las Vegas and apparently Dolph Ziggler was on his day off as a wrestler and was in Vegas at the same location. No context as to why they were both at the same place at the same time or what each other was doing, what their business was at that uh, actual location. All we can see is Roy, big country Roy Nelson trying to hold back Goldberg. You see Ziggler with the with the hat on, like a almost like a trucker hat on, you know, you could tell it's him, but you don't know what's going on. You could tell they're trying to you know, lunge at each other, but you have no idea what this is for, if this is work or not. Of course, when I posted, everybody said it's work. Um, I'm I'm not here to to argue one way or another, but there is uh some insight on possibly this uh little 
skirmish, as I call it again, <laughs> this little 15 second clip could have been the catalyst for something that may uh, they may have planned on Raw, uh, the premiere of Raw next Monday or SmackDown. Um, again, you know, both nights they're making uh, equally important, but uh, SmackDown in particular has quite a few uh, legends that are scheduled to appear, but also there is Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan that's scheduled to appear on Raw. So there's a thought that possibly this could be something that's leading towards, you know, some sort of segment between the two on either the, the you know, the season premiere of Raw or the uh, premiere of SmackDown on Fox. So we'll have to tune in to figure it out, man. But um, let's get into it, man. Speaking of Raw, let's get into what we love. And uh, that's all I'm going to talk about, man. I'm not going to be hooting and hollering and bitching about a whole lot. Uh Again, just taking everything that I actually enjoyed from the show. Um, so you're not going to get all three hours on this. Uh, let's get into Raw, man. Uh, I just wanted to say that, first of all, I loved uh, how the classic WWE intro right before you get into, you know, the then, now, and forever. If you guys didn't notice it, if you guys fast forward, you guys missed it. It was an awesome, different, like, it was like a distorted version. And you could say it was like, the it was made so that, like, the Fiend was the person that was doing these things, that were, that were changing the look of, of the intro and you saw times it would go black and white or, you know, the, the music would get distorted or it get slowed down or the pacing would get slowed down. It was pretty crazy. And then I, right at the end, it shows the WWE sign. And then you just see the fiend's face, that, that eerie face with the teeth and the eyes. And the, it was just a real quick flash. And then, you know, show opens up with uh, Seth Rollins. And the one thing I, one thing I have to give it to him is, you know, we all saw last week. The Fiend came, and instead of attacking Seth, he just kind of terrorized him. You know, he was just like, he crawled up to him while he was, like, cowering in the corner. And you just hear Seth like, ah, ah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just doing all, doing all these, uh, the, the <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it said. He's doing all this guttural sounds, right? And, you know, it just kind of, it was, it was weird, you know, and, and then, you know, we were left with that extremely long outro with the Firefly Funhouse, which I loved. I thought it was great. But the thing I loved about this week is that Seth actually made it a point to explain his actions as far as like cowering in that corner and being terrorized by the fiend and, you know, calling him a nightmare. And, and you know, so I actually enjoyed that only because of the fact that there's very small little subtle things that they'll have their guys do in a segment one week and then they just don't even address it the next week where it's like kind of frustrating because you're like, well, why do you do that? What was that about? And, and, or it, it started turning the wheels of possibilities that, of what they could have draw, drawn from that and then they just dropped it all, you know, all together. So uh, this, I, you know, I enjoyed the fact that they, they had them actually address it. I didn't, uh, I don't want to say I didn't like, but the whole I survive and prevail. To me, surviving and prevailing are two different concepts. You can survive a fight with Brock Lesnar if you can squeak out a, uh, you know, a quick roll-up or, I don't know, uh, kick him in the balls like Seth did or, I don't know, um, submitting him, which that's probably never going to happen, or getting a, you know, knocking him out on the outside for 10 seconds, get a count-out win. You're surviving Brock Lesnar. To prevail prevail i mean to me that's like a convincingly like win like a victory you know what i mean like you 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 know you took a few licks but you 100 percent you know made it a point where you were not losing so i don't know like he kept talking about i survive and i prevail and i'm like those are kind of two different concepts man i mean surviving you probably don't even have enough energy to prevail after you survive you know what i mean again just me 
terminology seemed kind of weird. Uh, just again, the, the difference in concepts, but again, I'm not going to pick too hard at, at, at this, uh, at these strings here, but, um, uh, another, uh, segment I, I enjoyed very much, or I should say a match was, uh, the Viking Raiders versus the OC. First and foremost, the OC finally has some stable music, so I was definitely a fan of that. Quite a few people getting some new music, man. Um, and, you know, the match in itself, I very much enjoyed. It was a great back and forth match that helped, uh, build up both teams, um, you know, the, the Viking Raiders have been on a tear and have been just basically having five-minute matches with jobbers for some time. But then on the flip side, you know, the OC have been kind of taking L's in the tag team division ever since they lost the tag team titles uh, to Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman, so, uh, which was about, about a month ago. So, uh, I mean, to be honest, it was just, again, as a, a viewer um, invested in the product, it was refreshing to see WWE book both teams to look strong. Without, you know, one or the other squashing the other one. You know what I mean? Um, also worth noting, uh, again, you know, I addressed a, a, a rumor uh, last week's episode uh, pertaining to Vince and his, uh, I guess, lack of um, support for Cedric Alexander. Um, I mean, even to the point where it was being said that he wants to, quote unquote, bury him. Um, and, you know, there was no context behind that. All we know is that Paul Heyman is uh, a Cedric Alexander guy, ironically. He wants to push him. I don't know if that's just Vince saying, well, no, I don't want to push this guy. You know, I don't want you touching my toys. You know what I mean? Like, you could play in my room, but I don't want you to play. You know what I mean? Uh, Vince is very much still hands-on with a lot of this stuff. You know what I mean? And, and obviously, Paul Heyman doesn't have 100% creative control over everything, but, you know, he's to oversee certain things, you know. But, uh, again, don't know uh, if this is true or not or if there's any uh, – Levity to any of this stuff being said about Cedric Alexander pertaining to Vince McMahon. But, I mean, you know, one could, you know, think that maybe this is not true as they made it a point to, you know, AJ Styles, who kept getting involved in this tag match, got thrown out by the referee. Uh, and then uh, Cedric Alexander attacked him while he was at the entrance ramp. So, I mean, why give the guy more TV time if they're not, you know what I mean? And then have him give the, uh, the upper hand. So, you know, who knows? Um, next, we have Bobby Roode cutting a promo as he was one of the five uh uh, contestants in the number one contenders fatal five-way match to decide who will face uh, Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship next Monday on uh, you know the premiere of Raw. Again, I gotta keep saying that. It's, it's to me, it's just Raw. Uh, but you know, I gotta say, Bobby Roode had a really good promo. Um, even though he's a tag champion, you know, he was shown solo. And um, I, to be honest, like I just recently saw uh, a clip of uh, Bobby Roode back in uh, TNA when he first won the championship against James Storm. Uh, when he turned on his former partner, hit him in the head with a glass bottle, and just showed like a little ride of that whole selfish generation title reign he had. And honestly, this promo took me back to that. I don't know if it was just fresh in my mind and that's how I felt, but honestly, I don't think Bobby gets a lot of TV time or solo TV time in this case now that he's part of a tag team and the tag team are the tag team champions on Raw. But, you know, he got his shot. He got, you know, what, maybe about 20 seconds, 30 seconds to say something. I, it was classic Bobby. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it made him look strong. Um, go moving on. And, again, these are just things that are either worth talking about or things that I'd like to talk about. But we have the return of, uh, I guess we could say now, former 24-7 champion as uh, R-Truth lost it to this man. I believe this is in China. Uh, EC3, Ethan Carter the third is back on WWE TV this week taking on... Rusev, who is uh, also returning, uh, but uh, he uh, took on Rusev in a losing effort. Um, but it was also confirmed that Rusev is indeed not the father of uh, Maria Kanellis' baby, 
So that saga is ongoing as well. But, uh, you know, uh, Rusev looked impressive here, but I honestly was excited to see uh, that EC3 was back on TV. He didn't get 100% squashed by uh, Rusev, put up quite a fight. looked pretty good. Um, I'm hoping this is the end of his doghouse days. You know, um, it's, I don't know, it always makes me feel sad for these guys when, you know, these they, they get, you know, brought in, uh, they get signed to these contracts, and then it's just like one little random thing that, that's not even in their control just puts them in a whole different light with the big boss, and they're just kind of in the doghouse for a while and just not being utilized to the best of their uh, abilities or potential, man. So um, even though he lost him, again, it was good to see EC3 uh, without the red cup, uh, not chasing after the 24-7 championship, and actually in a match, man. So, uh, you know, kudos to EC3 back on WWE TV. Um, Miz uh, showed up. He was in a backstage segment with the Street Profits. Uh, always got to love those guys. And actually, Miz was looking good with these guys. He, he did the whole, uh, <laughs> he had an announcement about his uh, his second uh, daughter being born officially. Uh, congratulations to him and Maurice. And it was just uh, you know, a funny little gag where, he, where <laughs> he's, he's talking to the Street Profits. He says, and unlike Mike Canellas, we know who the baby's daddy is. And then with the, that, that cheap smile, they all just smile, look at the, <laughs> look at the camera real quick. Um, hilarious, hilarious stuff. Uh, but there was another announcement, which uh, I don't want to say controversial, but there was a difference of opinion with the live crowd there uh, in San Francisco. <laughs> but uh, Miz announced that he will be on the Raw premiere with a special Miz TV uh, with guest Ric Flair, which the crowd went crazy for. Um, but it's when he announced the Immortal Hulk Hogan, where you can definitely hear the crowd was very much split. Or decisive, depending on how you want to say it. Um, I mean, I know what I heard, but, you know, I'm not going to speak for everybody. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, um, not too sure why they would choose to do that. Um, I don't know, man. I'm not going to act like my logic and, and my distaste for Hogan. And, and the thing is, I haven't been a Hogan fan since before all this stuff, man. I mean, growing up, I was, uh, you know, it was Hogan, it was Ultimate Warrior, it was Taker, it was Macho Man, but those characters of Taker, Macho Man, and, and Warrior is what drew me into wrestling way more than just a, another buff guy that had baby oil on him, you know what I mean? He just, you know, he, did, he just didn't really do nothing for me. And then obviously when I got older over the years, you hear the stories and you start to see things for yourself and different lights and different scopes and different perspectives as you do when you come become a wrestling fan and take that actual huge step behind the curtain to actually figure out oh this is a show and there's this and there's that there's these aspects and this person has to be happy and there's contracts and yada 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 but i don't know man so i say all that to say that you know when everything all the shit hit the fan with the you know the the, the racist remarks and the tirades and all that it, it just didn't do any favors for me to like oh, okay yeah i'm definitely not on the hogan train <laughs> but so i don't know man it's just weird I don't, he's shown up a few times hogan has uh to again you know pretty split uh you know reception so i guess we'll have to see how the crowd is going to react to this one um wouldn't be the first time wwe has to do some uh extra work where they uh can out all the boos and, and change the reaction so i don't know if they're going to do that for this but we'll see how it goes again it is flair and hogan which again i don't know why those two um who you know anyone that actually knows the wrestling history know that these two don't like each other uh quote-unquote on screen you know what i mean i don't know how they how they fare as friends nowadays um but uh yeah i mean i just know for sure that they never really wanted to you know make money that much money together or let the other one make more money than the other one right but uh anyways moving on we have the firefly funhouse and you know uh 
they are just hitting these out the park, man. I mean, at first I thought it was going to be less is more, but we're getting a little bit more Bray every week now, uh, a little bit more segments than we usually get, which, I mean, I dig, man. Um, but, yeah, man, uh, this you know, last week we had Bray putting up pictures of all the victims uh, of The Fiend uh, with their eyes crossed out in red ink, uh, which was Rollins, uh, Jerry Lawler, McFoley, and, and Kurt Angle. And uh, this week he was seen uh, opening Firefly Funhouse, adding Kane uh, as uh, one of the pictures, while also adding an empty picture frame explaining that there's always room for more. <laughs> and that was, and and that wicked laugh out there was was uh, it, man. I, I'm just again, I'm loving what he's, the freedom that they're giving him to do with this. I, I'm digging it so much. Um, just just the small things, man. Um, and I also like the fact that, you know, they had that that little uh, segment where it was Ramblin' Rabbit and Huskis fighting over that toy of Seth Rollins. And, you know, they're, you know, they don't want to share. And then, you know, got Ramblin' Rabbit who makes the remark, well, maybe, you know, well, we don't, we don't want the fiend to hurt Seth Rollins anymore either, you know. To which, you know, Bray Wyatt turned serious and said that maybe the fiend isn't hurting Seth Rollins, but maybe he's protecting Seth Rollins. And he made the proclamation because he doesn't want to share him with anybody. So I thought that was interesting. Um, it kind of led me towards the end of the night, which I'll get back to in a bit, but I'll revisit that in, in, in a few minutes. Um, this one is a short little uh, <laughs> announcement, but we have a brand new 24-7 champion, and it is Carmella. Um, there was a segment in the ring where they were being chased, her and our truth as per usual, uh, but, you know, by the, the Drake Mavericks and the Lucha Parties of the 24-7 division. Um, they surrounded him in the ring. Carmella got the got the mic. Said, "Look, I'm tired of this. I can't do this anymore. We're running everywhere. We can never relax. Yada yada yada." You know, our truth is looking a little bit confused. Like, well, what do we? You know, what do you mean? Well, you know, this is what we've been doing. And she catches our truth by surprise and pins him. Which is when I in that moment I was thinking, I think she's gonna pin truth to think that she's gonna take like the bullet for him because all those guys can't wrestle. You know, a, a woman, right? So. I don't know. I mean, they did something similar when it was Maria Canellas, but they didn't, you know, let it float for uh, for too long until you know the next week where Mike stole it from her, and then he got pinned again. So it is interesting, but I did like the inclusion of the fact that after Carmella won, now the women's division are, are chasing them down. Which I mean, it gives the women who have nothing to do or have nothing, you know, creative is nothing for them to do. It gives them a perfect chance to to you know get their feet wet and get some TV time. You know what I mean? Sarah, the Sarah Logans, the Dana Brooks of the world. You know, I was just last week I was talking about how they were complaining about not being able to get on uh, main roster TV. This is their chance now. You know what I mean? Maybe not the way that they would have rather have done it, you know, having that match against each other. But, hey, I mean, the opportunities are there. Just take it. You know what I mean? You got to step up and, you know, you got to get that TV time somehow. Ask Conan. If you guys don't know about that, do your research, NWO Conan, and why he was always next to Eric Bischoff. Now, moving on. Uh, it seems like WWE Creative is uh, doubling down on Gable as they had uh, uh, another match between himself and the new King of the Ring, Baron Corbin. And, dude, they had like a 15-minute match. It was almost as long as their uh, their King of the Ring finals match, if not a little bit longer. Um, obviously, again, they have some faith in, in Gable and what they're doing with him right now. Uh, I felt like the match put more stock into Gable, which, you know, ended with him getting the DQ win as uh, Corbin couldn't uh, take almost tapping out and attack them with various uh, accessories of the the King. <laughs> and, um, yeah, man, again, I don't know. I mean, we saw him uh, in a kind of a squash match on SmackDown, uh, you know, 
the next night uh, when he was going against uh, Mike Kanellis. So, again, I don't, I don't know what it is that they're, uh, you know, w- w- how much of this investment is in Chad Gable. I thought maybe it was just for the king of the ring, but it seems like they're uh, they're still following up with it, man. So, definitely not mad at it. You know, we can't get mad at uh, WWE while we complain that they never have, you know, any effort in producing new superstars when this is what they're obviously what they're doing right now um you know, it may not be the ones that we are looking at uh in particular but hey i mean they're 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 investing and they're putting in the effort and they're putting in the tv time so you can't hate on that man um and speaking of which of uh people you know getting the opportunity and, and getting new stars and people putting in the effort in tv time uh we had another uh awesome promo from aop the authors of pain man um, I dug it because, you know, it started off in that dark room, which is weird because when I saw them in that dark room last week, I thought after the fact, I'm like, man, that's real, really close to the Alistair Black stuff that they're already doing on SmackDown, right? Um, so they had the dark room. Shouts to Doc Lesnar. If y'all don't get that when you're sleeping under a rock, go check out his music. Um, <laughs> they're in a dark room. They're talking about, you know, again, people not wanting to fight them, how they, you know, people are complaining that they hurt them. And then... You know, they, they, they leave the room and, uh, like, almost as if it's a demonstration. They hit the hallway and take out Heath Slater and some uh, another random. Uh, I couldn't tell who it was. Then, they you know, they get, they walk back into the room and they, they finish their speech. I thought it was awesome. Haven't seen anything like that before. Um, but, you know, again, it's, it's showing, uh, you know, just investment. You know, again, investment in AOP. Which, you know, when they moved to the main roster, everybody was like, oh, okay, this is, you know, tag division about to heat up because these are two beasts. You know what I mean? Whether you like them, you know, whether you're a fan or, or not, you can't, you know, ignore the fact that they're a, a force to be reckoned with for the tag division. So the fact that they've been on the roster this long and haven't really done as much as you would have anticipated, especially for guys their size, um, this is obviously a point in the right direction and shows that this is uh, them finally recognizing what they want to do. Obviously, you have to attribute the fact that I believe it was. Uh, Akum, who was hurt. If I'm wrong, it was Razor, but I, I gotta, I gotta get a, get that down. But, um, and finally, we uh, we have the Fatal Five Way match. Uh, it is Rey Mysterio, Ricochet, AJ Styles, Robert Roode, and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, this is all I'm gonna say about uh, about this match. It was a great match. Uh, but uh, for me as a fan, I really wanted to see more interaction between Mysterio and Ricochet. They teased it uh, quite a few times, but we didn't get a whole lot of back and forth between the two. I'm pretty sure they've wrestled before, you know, outside of WWE, outside the U.S., but I definitely just wanted to see, uh, I wanted to see them touch, you know what I mean? I just wanted to see them interact again in this match, again, for the WWE audience. Um, I will say I was surprised that the final two were Robert Roode and uh, Rey Mysterio. Um, I wasn't surprised that Rey was going to win uh, following, you know, he had that pre-match promo where he pretty much dedicated the match to his son Dominic in my head I'm thinking dude I really don't want to see him come back next week regretting the dedication and 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 damn near breaking down in the tears again I don't know why they keep pushing the the emotion with Ray because Ray is you know he he's easily you know people connect to him like on a on a way easy level you know I mean they they people are heartfelt and 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 connect you know they again with the with their connection towards Ray you know what I mean so I don't I don't know it's uh I it, it's been rubbing me the wrong way to see Ray look so defeated the past couple of weeks you know what I mean so but uh you know he had the dedication to, uh to to Dominic for the match which led me to believe that okay he's gonna win and I'm thinking the reason why is like okay it's the Raw premiere next week what's brand new or fresh that they can actually show that people would want to tune into. Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio dream match you know what I mean um we've seen him versus AJ Styles before. 
Uh, so that's not necessarily anything different or fresh to try to grab grab new viewers. Um, you know, him versus Ricochet. I, I put like this. I thought if Ray didn't win, it was gonna be Ricochet. If it wasn't gonna be Ricochet, then I thought it was gonna be AJ Styles, which I'm like, okay, it's not gonna be AJ Styles. They've wrestled before. Won't be Robert Roode, even though he surprised me being the uh, part of the bottom two, because he's a tag champion. Why? Why would he get a, a universal championship match? And he just wrestled Seth last week. And then he got Shinsuke Nakamura, which I didn't think was going to win either. Just because, I mean, I would have loved to see Shinsuke versus uh, Seth, but at the same time, he's a SmackDown or quote unquote SmackDown superstar, and he holds the IEC Championship, which is a SmackDown Championship. So I didn't think that was going to be a go either. Um, it was kind of weird to think that Braun Strowman wasn't a part of this match as opposed to wrestling in the in the main event with Seth, but. Uh, oh, who knows, man? But speaking of that, you know, I told you I'd to come back to that. We had the Fiend talk about how, uh, or Bray Wyatt in reference to the Fiend character talking about how he is maybe protecting Seth because he wants them all to himself. He doesn't want to share. I felt like that was the message delivered uh, at the the main event. We had Braun Strowman taking on Seth Rollins, and lights go out. Braun Strowman gets attacked by Bray, which uh, or the Fiend. I'm sorry, which uh, you know. That was something a lot of people have been wanting to see, the interaction between Bray and Braun uh, ever since the Wyatt family uh, dissolved. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, we saw the Manable Claw. We see Seth cowering again in the corner, just kind of watching it. And then we see him crawl over to Seth, who again starts terrorizing Seth again. And then he turns back around and he locks in the Manable Claw yet again on Bray Wyatt. Um, and it's continuing continuing to attack uh, Strowman, while terrorizing Strom, uh, uh, Rollins, excuse me, and then the lights go out, and then end of the show, man. Um, definitely, I think a little bit of symbolism there. Maybe he's thinking, "No, Braun, I don't want you to to hurt Seth. That's my toy to play with. You know what I mean? I don't want you breaking my toys. I don't want your big hands. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, don't give my toys these hands. I, I I will I will fight you to the death for my toys. So back up. You know." Um, which, I mean, that's a whole deeper psyche for the Fiend character, which we don't even have any context over. It just point-blank period, right? But um, let's move on to uh, the blue brand, man. We got SmackDown Live, and it opened up with Daniel Bryan challenging Eric Rowan and you know, to a match. And this match was, it was a 20-minute match, uh, hard-hitting. Uh, and I thought this was a must-needed follow-up for uh, for a showing for uh, Eric Rowan, man. Again, great back and forth. Uh, there was a moment, dude, when in, in this uh, match where uh, Brian uh, Daniel Bryan got his right leg like in the calf area, like stuck in the ropes, and it looked really unplanned. It looked real nasty. Like you can hear him, and it could have been just him in, in character trying to get the you know that urgency, but. You hear him verbally, you know, for clear as day, basically yelling for the ref to get me out, get me out, get me out, get me out. Uh, help me out, help me out, help me out. You know what I mean? And even when he finally is able to get his leg under, it's hard to explain. Well, you, if you watched it, you saw that bend in his in, in his leg and that calf, and you're like, ugh. You know what I mean? So definitely was worried for him there, but it didn't show. He didn't show any, uh, you know, any any type of um, pain or anything like that. Any uh, any uh, outlasting. Uh, any uh, outlasting effects or anything like that, man. But um, uh, you know, one could wonder if uh, Daniel Bryan is actually turning face now. Um, you know, it's been some time since he's done the uh, the new Daniel Bryan thing. But the reason I ask is because you know we had uh, a match between himself and Eric Rowan. Eric Rowan won, and then you got Luke Harper who came out, and essentially they were uh, cleaning the table to uh, put Daniel Bryan through it again at the announcers. Uh, desk and Roman Reigns makes a save 
tries to help Daniel Bryan up. Daniel Bryan shrugs him off, doesn't want his help, but grabs a microphone. And then this is where I wonder, uh, because it's a little bit of crowd pandering where he all he says is, all I need is one word answer from you. Do you guys want to see me and Roman Reigns kick? You know what I mean? So it was like the crowd got into it. He, you know, he had the whole yes is dead shirt. So ah, it's uh, one kid, uh, one could only, you know, imagine. I mean, Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan versus uh, Eric Rowan and Luke Harper at Hell in a Cell in a tag team match. If that is in a Hell in a Cell I'm, or not, I'm not too sure. I wouldn't be mad at it, but I would certainly be worried about Daniel Bryan's health in that kind of match. But I digress because after this match, and I actually forgot to mention it while watching Raw, but after this match on SmackDown, for those that are watching on USA, there was an AEW commercial. Uh, so that was the most, like, you know, surprising because I'm, you know, usually they're separate. You don't ever see overlap. Uh, I would think TK, Mr. Tony Khan, uh, planned this. Or maybe Cody or somebody did where they're like, we're going to buy some advertising time around, you know, this prime time and, and between these hours and these hours at on Monday and on Tuesday, purposely for the USA Network. I don't see why they wouldn't. Um, but I totally get it. You know, this is a war and, uh, that just definitely as if I, I wasn't already ready for this, uh, premiere or debut of AEW next week. I mean, I got, you know, hundred percent reminded this is definitely a war and the, the lines have been drawn in the sand. So definitely it was interesting to see that AEW commercial during the uh, USA commercial break. Um, from there we get a honestly, uh, pretty awesome, uh, Brock, uh, video package, man. Um, this was, uh, you know, leading into the sit down, interview that uh, Michael Cole had with Kofi Kingston. Uh, one thing I, I had to say is that I enjoyed this video package because it just really reminded you why Brock Lesnar is not the guy to fuck with. <laughs> um, you know, uh, footage from him tearing off that, that car door off that Cadillac, uh, spearing Mark Henry through the barricade, you know, him wearing a big show out with that chair. Uh, it was just one of those things where you know, it's hard to watch that video package and then go directly into this kind of silly interview style with uh, Kofi Kingston, who's swiveling his hips and making sure, you know what I mean, we have a cadence when we announce him as WWE champion. So, it, I mean, whether that's meant to uh, throw us off like, oh, this guy's getting killed and they're just going to surprise us next Friday, you know, time will tell. But, uh, you know, shout out to. I mean, I'm hoping it's uh it's Borash. I mean, I've been hearing Jeremy Borash has been doing some great things with the video and media over there. So, but yeah, that uh that Brock package is really good. Um, I have to announce that you know earlier I talked about uh Chad Gable had a match with Maria Kanellis. Um, in a short ass match, it was what belly to belly, chaos theory, ankle lock, Dunzo. Um, and as Chad Gable is about to make his uh his exit from the ring, Elias, who is his who was supposed to be his original. Uh, King of the Rings uh, semifinals opponent to make it to the finals who, you know, obviously went out with a broken ankle, ended up being replaced by Shane McMahon. He uh, appeared on the screen and sang himself a song that he wrote for a quote unquote shorty, as he kept referring to, uh, to Gable as, and uh, even re uh, referenced the uh, the lyric of uh, Randy Newman's uh, Short People Ain't Got No Reason to Live, which, ouch. <laughs> um not too sure where they're going with this, but again, for a guy that has a broken ankle, I guess you can still put him on TV and uh, make the most out of him. I remember they did the same with uh, Randy Orton, who was still uh, recovering from, I think it was a shoulder injury while he was rolling around with Legacy, uh, but was still on very much on TV, you know what I mean, uh, getting involved with stuff. So, um, yeah, we'll have to see what, what they're going to have in, uh, you know, in store for Elias. I mean, if it's just him versus Chad Gable, I mean, 
it's an okay like I hate to use the word mediocre, but it's an it's an okay uh, feud. I mean, I would think they would go for you know somebody else for Chad Gable to continue uh, what he's doing right now. But uh, again, I digress. Uh, as we move into uh, one of the last segments of the night, we had Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. Uh, they met each other in the ring. Shane McMahon with his legal team, and you had Kevin Owens. Uh, you know, they even offered to play his music that night. What a guy! Um, they are discussing the terms for this lawsuit. "Quote unquote," the biggest. Uh, uh, <laughs> what do they call it? A uh, 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 wrongful termination suit in the history of uh, termination suits. Two point five million dollars uh, on the line. Um, but of course, Shaming Man is trying to intimidate Kevin Owens into just you know, hey, there's only two options here. It's either I, you know, drag you into litigation uh, for uh, months and years, and you're spending millions of dollars of your own money, and you know, for a guy who's currently not working, as he fired him the week before. That doesn't look good for you. Or I'm willing to, uh, you know, pay back the $100,000 I find you, reinstate you on the spot, and, you know, as long as you, you know, pretty much take away this whole uh, lawsuit, just just totally just throw it away. And then, you know, then we get Kevin Owens. And, again, you know, I knew something was up because Kevin Owens last week had said something about winning some match that wasn't even talked about. So I knew something was up. And now we can confirm that uh, along to go with all the other reasons why WWE desperately wants you to watch SmackDown on Fox, we now have an added match. It is uh, Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon in a ladder match. And uh, at which, I mean, all they said was like documents in a briefcase that equates somehow to if Kevin Owens wins the match and wins the ladder match, climbs up and grabs the briefcase, he's instated, Shane is fired. And then on the flip side, if it's Shane that grabs the briefcase, then Shane will stay and Kevin is fired. Um, I mean, to be honest, could we have just gotten, I don't know, uh, Shane McMahon's like a uh, mystery box, a uh, little, little mystery lock box that uh, he brought up you know, during the Vince McMahon and Undertaker feud that was never talked about again. Maybe we could get that uh, on, on a ladder. Uh, I don't know. Just saying. But, uh, you know, I'm glad to say that Kevin Owens is saying one last match because, to be honest, I – I've said it before, he is way better utilized outside of the Shane thing. It was great while it happened. You know, they used Shane as the, the, the device to get him plugged in as a face and, and as uh, the, the the character that they, they were trying to push for Kevin Owens. You know, this guy with the stunner, you know, bucking authority, all that stuff. But I think there's more for him to do other than just tangling with Shane McMahon and asking about this $100,000 every week. Just my opinion. Now let's get to the end of SmackDown, and I loved it, man. Um, Sasha Banks finally with the upper hand on Becky Lynch. And uh, to be honest, what, what has been feeling more like a one-sided feud? Uh, you know, definitely got to see that the man is actually able to show some chink in her armor without it necessarily hurting her overall character. Uh, I dug the imagery of Sasha, you know, uh, pretty much raking the face of Becky alongside that chain link fence, which obviously is made to, uh, you know, look like the, uh, the, the Hell in a Cell wall or door, depending on where they're at. But, um, I loved it again. It's been looking like Sasha Banks has been booked as a chicken shit heel. Most of this feud, but, uh, I mean, outside of her wearing around with that chair, you haven't seen a whole lot of that, um, since then, but, uh, you know, I dug it, saw it here at the end of SmackDown. I'm not mad at it. Uh, definitely uh, got me excited to see the Hell in a Cell match. But, you know, it was at two weeks. So we, we, we instead have a tag match that's also being advertised for the premiere of SmackDown on Fox. And that is 
Charlotte Flair teaming up with Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks and Bayley. And uh, we saw this on Monday, I believe last week. So we're just going to get this again. And, uh, you know, not mad at it. Horsewomen in action. Uh, got people excited for the L.A. crowd. So, you know, they'll have something good to see. And um, let's get into NXT, man, as I'm about to finish off this little Minnesota number 70, man. Um, NXT first hour opens up with Keith Lee versus Donna the Dijakovic. Uh, and this was just as impressive as their first encounter on the WWE, or I should say their second encounter on the WWE Network. Uh, definitely knew this was going to be a show stealer once they announced that this was going to be showcased on, uh, like the match, the rematch was going to be showcased for live TV. You know what I mean? Um, that crowd, uh, in full sale is going to make it lit. They're going to make it sound, you know, make it look and, and, and the experience just look dope. Um, and we've seen these two wrestle before outside of WWE, uh, programming, but we knew with, you know, the live cameras being on, they were going to show up and show out, man. And that they did. That Avalanche Canadian Destroyer, and even in my notes, I wrote it in all caps because that's just how I react. I remember watching this match and just watching it and still being, you know, watching it in silence but still taking notes and, and being impressed. And then I look up and I see Dijakovic just front flip with Keith Lee off the top and I my eyes went wide. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, this is – okay, so they're they're more than just stealing the show. They're, 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 trying, to, they're trying to plant a flag here, man. That the, the black and gold brand ain't, ain't no ain't nothing to mess with, and they're not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, also love the finish where Dijakovic went for the you know he landed landed the the thunderous top rope moonsault onto Keith Lee, and Keith Lee with an unorthodox kick out as he just literally sits up like almost Undertaker style, while simultaneously like deadlifting Dijakovic's body, lifts him up, stands up finally, still deadlifting his body. Man, it was crazy. And uh, put him on his shoulders for the, it was like kind of like the FU into the jackhammer. Um, I can't remember the name of this move or if he changed it recently. I know they were calling it something else. But uh, Keith Lee with a, uh, they're they're tied up actually right now. They both have a a, a DQ uh, tie or I guess a draw uh, between the two. And then, you know, last uh, last week we had, uh, uh, not last week, two weeks ago. I'm sorry. Dijakovic won. And so you put him up one. And now we got Keith Lee, so they're both zero and uh, you know one and uh, one and one and zero. So we'll have to we'll have to see where this goes, man. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up teaming them together. I wouldn't want to see it happen, but you know, just the best of both worlds. I mean, you know, the the the, the speed, the height, the 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 strength, the uh, the ingenuity and moves, and being able to do things that don't seem physically possible. They both very much embody that. So. Uh, you know, if they did team up, I wouldn't be surprised. Do I want it to happen? Absolutely not. I want to see these guys both tearing the house down and building their brand and building their stock on the black and gold brand. But now we have a return from Dakota Kai, who is now back on NXT. And it's awesome to see that she actually made it to the live TV uh, uh, version of NXT now. Um, you know, I was wondering when she'd be back, you know, hopefully she wouldn't be lost in the shuffle. She actually, this is the first time actually being on NXT in 2019. And the fact that she was shown on the first hour live, uh, it says a lot. Um, she had a torn ACL and she is back from that injury. She took on Tanara Conti and, uh, which again, a great match back and forth. Uh, I, I, I'm getting more and more. I see, uh, Conti, man, I'm getting more and sold and sold on her. Um, and then, uh, Dakota Kai actually debuted a new finisher, the GTK which is stands for the go to kick. Um, if you haven't checked it out, check it out, man. It's pretty uh pretty gnarly, man. I, I do uh miss the chiropractor. Um, if you guys remember that one, it was like a almost like a uh, 
a front flip backstabber. Um, you know, you guys will have to go on uh, WWE2K19. <laughs> Check that out. Uh, but uh, we get into uh, the main event of the first hour. Matt Riddle versus Killian Dane. Street fight to determine the number one contender for Adam Cole next week. Uh, man, let me just get into the spots of this, man. That cr- that wicked crossbody spot uh, from Killian Dane to Matt Riddle through that wall, that side paneling. That was crazy. We got uh, the Broton off the bleacher seats onto a table from Matt Riddle on top of uh, Killian Dane as well. Um, I mean, we also got the the flash finish. I mean, we, we saw Killian Dane going for Vader bomb after Vader bomb after Vader bomb, and just when he looked like he was going to go for an additional Vader bomb with the chair on top of Matt Riddle, he actually gets up, hits him with the chair, power bombs him off of the uh, the top of the, uh, the the turnbuckle, flips him over, rolls him over, throws him the chair, and does the flash finish uh, bicycle knee with the chair. Uh, for a near fall, and then of course we did see uh, Riddle get the win and uh, the number one contendership as he uh, tapped out, uh, you know, Killian Dane with a Fujiwara armbar as opposed to the Bro Mission, which that kind of scratched my head why he didn't go for it at least once or at least tried to. I mean, it showed that he tried to, but uh, he, didn't, he I don't know if maybe uh, maybe Killian is just his body is too massive. Maybe that's probably what it was. Uh, but yeah, we got the win with the Fujiwara, uh, Fujiwara armbar with the tap out, and Riddle will be going against Adam Cole on NXT next week for the NXT Championship, and uh, more. I mean, d- again, they're just they're just loading up firepower all for next week. It's like a a coming out for WWE programming next week, and I, I'm a I'm a uh, finalize all those matchups and everything that they got going next week. As I get into the last two matches worth talking about, we had Rhea Ripley. Uh, again, returning to NXT brand as she takes on the former Lacey Lane, who has now uh, been renamed to Caden Carter. It was weird because they dubbed her from the Philippine Islands when she's obviously from Winter Park, Florida, as they've always coined her from as a uh, what hometown, uh, you know what I mean, a hometown uh, wrestler uh, in NXT and getting that love. So I don't know, but um, good match. Caden Carter looked great. Uh, I've seen her in a few matches before, not to be too hard on her, but she's. Uh, botched a few times in some of her uh, other matches that she in, in a one-on-one. I've seen her in like group matches and uh, battle royals and stuff like that. But yeah, she did her uh, she did her, did her thing on uh, in this match. Of course, Rhea Ripley uh, you know ended up dominating her, and um, we'll see what's next for Rhea Ripley in the NXT Women's Division, or if she'll stay on NXT now that NXT UK is moving to, to Thursday. So we'll have to see what's up with that. Uh, last match of the night, and I wasn't really. Okay, so, uh, you know, Kushida had to pick two partners of his choice versus Imperium or the three out of four members of Imperium. Um, you know, Eichner, Fabian Eichner, uh, uh, Marcel Bartel, uh, Alexander Wolf versus uh, Kushida. And I kept thinking, who was he going to pick? Who, who, who was a tag team that's not doing anything right now uh, that could be good? Uh, I was thinking, the you know, the Brit Am Brawlers or the, the Bruisers, as they call them now. But they already had a match. They had they had a match earlier uh, against oh man, what was their team? I can't remember the name of the team, but it was uh, what Martel and the, the, the two French kids. Uh, but the, they were already on the show, so I was like, well, who else could it be? Can't be the Street Profits. They cut a promo. They're not going to be there till next week. Wouldn't make sense for them to get involved. Although they did come to, uh, you know, Matt Riddle's rescue when Imperium started whipping his ass during the the street fight from last week. So it wasn't out of the question entirely, but. 
The only other tag team I could think of, man, or like they're the Forgotten Sons, but they're heels. So why are they going to team up with Kushida? And then it dawned on me. I'm like, oh, shit, he's going to pick the fashion police. It just, it literally hit me. And then as soon as they came out, I was like, all right, cool, I'm done. I don't, <laughs> this doesn't make any kinds of sense. Why would Kushida team with them, of all people? Um, he could have teamed up with some, like maybe Cesaro, uh, someone else. Uh, I mean, they, they could have gave him some guys. I don't know. I, I just didn't understand why they could have, they would team him up with with, with the fashion police. I don't, it just didn't make any sense. But they had a pretty good match, uh, a little bit of back and forth. Um, I mean, I did enjoy the threading of the storyline where it ended with, uh, you know, Walter pretty much, uh, you know, getting the cheap shot in on um, Kushida after the win. And um, obviously we're all looking forward to their one-on-one finally. I mean, Walter has been making a business of tearing down the these smaller guys, and these smaller guys have been making a killing trying to tear down the tree that is Walter. And and I mean, a lot of them have died trying, but their uh, performances have been out of this world. So you know, there's been an upwards of a you know great amount of respect coming from the, the challengers, even though they uh, end up being victims to uh, Walter in his title reign. But you know, we'll have to see what's up next, man. I mean, that's that's just again. I mean, I, I would have never thought these two would have been uh, you know tangling up at least so soon. Um, but again, you know, with, uh, Walter on, uh, the WWE NXT brand, it makes it a little bit easier to see some of these dream matches kind of coincide and, and happen on a regular now. So, but, um, yeah, man, that's, uh, that's the mini. So that's number, number 70. L- let me, let me run through this programming for WWE, man. As if you guys needed any other, uh, evidence to prove that WWE is definitely, I want to say scared, but they're taking AEW seriously as competition so for raw they have advertised and this is all one week they have advertised a wwe universal championship match seth rollins taking on Rey mysterio dream match right we got uh miz tv uh, or miz doing a miz tv segment with the immortal hulk hogan and uh the nature boy <clears throat> the man uh rick flair uh and then on smackdown we have a wwe championship match for the you know premiere of smackdown on, on fox uh, Kofi K- Kingston defending against Brock Lesnar. We also have again, you know, the the four horsewomen will be tagging up against each other: Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks and Bailey. Uh, we also have the ladder match: Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens. And you know, I, I'm guessing the loser leaves pretty much. You know, the the loser is fired. Um, and then there's also been a few names, uh, legend names that have been confirmed. For SmackDown, Stone Cold, Sting, Undertaker, and a few more have been confirmed. And then also now we have a you know an update on the NXT card for next week. Again, they're going to be broadcasting both hours live on on USA, which leads me to believe that they've been doing a good job with viewership so far the first two weeks. But uh, we have the NXT Championship up for grabs. Adam Cole, current champion, defending against new number one contender Matt Riddle. Then we have the NXT Tag Team Championships. The new champions, Undisputed Era, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish, taking on the former champion Street Profit. And then we also have uh, the NXT Women's Championship, Shayna Baszler, the current champion, taking on new number one contender, Candice LeRae, baby girl, Candy Baby. I hope you bring home that gold. We need somebody to take out big bad Shayna Baszler. But yeah, man, don't tell me, don't tell me that they're not trying to uh, prepare for a, a, a grandiose week. And I mean, because I mean, other, but besides the fact that that. SmackDown was always going to be on Fox. I mean, until the uh, the entrance of AEW and their proclamation for, uh, you know, going on Wednesdays and securing a TV deal, dare I say that now they're trying to pull all, all the stops. I mean, it's one of those things, man, where 
I had a conversation with someone online about this is, you know, it, it'd be, you know, they, they're thinking it's funny. I don't think it's, it's funny. Again, I, I'm subjective because I, I just love wrestling all around. You know what I mean? I don't love, I don't love one company over the other. I just like being able to watch a lot of it when I can and that it's accessible for me to be able to enjoy it, you know? But one guy was saying, wouldn't it be something that, you know, AEW, they're coming with all this hype behind them and they got the TV deal and all this stuff, but what if WWE beats them? What if, what if WWE actually becomes a better product? And, I, and, and my response was, A, when you think about it, if that's what happens, then they need to thank Chris Jericho and AEW because one could argue that without the existence of competition, that much needed competition, WWE wouldn't have, you know, if, if that's what ends up happening, you know, this is all hypothetical. If WWE ends up being a way better product because of the fact, uh, you know, the induction of this competition with AEW, then I, for sure, they, I mean, th- that's one of those things where it's like, sometimes you don't, you don't realize that you're stuck in a rut or running in the same circle until someone, you know, an outside a force or, or a friend of yours have to tell you, hey man, you're not acting the same, or you're you're not you know how it used to be. You know what I mean? WWE, they've been kind of sitting on their laurels for a while because they haven't had to compete with anybody on a large scale or or a bigger scale other than than their own. They've created their own uh, uh, environment, so to speak. You know what I mean? They they've created their own jungle and they've been ruling it for some time. But because of the fact that there hasn't been another lion trying to venture out and see what's good with this jungle, they haven't had to be on their P's and Q's. They've been just chilling. You know, they've been getting fed steaks as opposed to going and hunting. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they, they become domesticated lions in the zoo as opposed to, you know, you know, in the jungle every day, all day, you know, out for blood and, and trying to come for that competition. But now, I mean, I'd have to argue now that AEW has become a, uh, they, and they become competition without even doing much. They've just put on what four or five shows. They've even been on TV officially yet. But j- again, look at what WWE is doing. They're gearing up for a hell of a week, and that's not by accident. That's all I had to say. Just my two cents, man. But I want to thank you guys again for listening. This is uh, the mini show number seventy. This is the Quincy Jones Show. I am your host, Quincy Jones. Go. Uh, I just want to shout out everyone that's been listening and everyone that's been downloading and, and checking out the content we've been putting on the Facebook, on Instagram, everywhere on social media, man. And make sure you follow us, man. You can follow us Facebook.com backslash The Quincy Jones Show. You can follow us on Instagram at The Quincy Jones Show. And, of course, on Twitter at Quincy Jones Show. If you guys have a question, you want to be a guest on the show. If you guys are a part of a promotion that maybe needs some commentary, hit us up, man. We do it all. We do videos. We do media. We do podcasts. We do it all, man. And we love doing it. This is the thing. It's like we have a love for this stuff, man. We have a love for wrestling. We have a passion for media, man. So definitely, if you guys are interested in any of the services we're going to be providing, definitely hit us up again, you know, the email. And again, man, just stay stay tuned. I'm telling you, man, just just give me another couple of weeks. I, I, I got big news. I'm just trying to finalize everything. Just, just, just hang tight, man. Just hang tight. And to be honest, I probably will announce it when I get all the guys back on the show, man. But uh, till then, again, thank you for listening. Uh, feel free to uh, recommend us on Facebook and review us on iTunes. We are available on iTunes, Spotify, CastBox, uh, SoundCloud. Anywhere you go to get your podcast fixed, that's where we're going to be. And we're always going to be there to give you that fix, baby. You know what it is. Wrestling on a weekly. This is Quincy Jones Go. And this is the Quincy Jones Show. Top guy out. Out.